Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. And hey, 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 everybody. It is your host for this episode, which is 4A end of the year awards here on Playmakers Corner. So let's go ahead and break it down and let you know how this is going to go. So we're going to go through end of the year awards. These awards are based on regular season stats and performance here. And so we have a couple of different categories. We got newcomer of the year that goes to the most outstanding freshman. We got defensive playmaker of the year, offensive playmaker of the year, most valuable playmaker, and the newest category to our award system, coach of the year here. And so with all of that in mind, how do we decide who is the winner of each category where we had four finalists for every category here and then a poll between myself coach v gideon gino and then coach wes of prep red zone and we in that mode also got to vote on this as well as spencer from box state sports go ahead and give both of those fellas a follow on Instagram, as well as Twitter slash X. And then speaking of Twitter, you, the fans, showed up on Twitter slash X for one of these four finalists and voted, and whoever had the most votes won that fan vote. So there's the fan vote, and then, like I said, Spencer of Box State Sports, Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone, as well as we in that mode, and then Gino Gideon, myself and coach v we all have a vote there so that makes for a total of seven votes and whoever has the most votes out of those is the winner of that award and for any tiebreakers we defer to who had more percentage of the fan vote so for example if two candidates both have three votes a piece and one other candidate has one vote between those two candidates whoever has the higher percentage of the fan vote would win that tiebreaker and win that award. So we are very excited to go through all these awards for the 4A level here just a day before the state championships. This is being recorded on November 30th, 2023. And like I said, these are regular season stats that we are considering here. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. So this first category is Newcomer of the Year, which goes to the most outstanding freshman. But before we jump into the finalists, let's talk about some honorable mentions, one being Torrin Scott out of Grand Junction Central, who ran for 488 yards, three touchdowns, and then had 11 receiving yards and a tackle. And then Joshua Paz is a kicker out of Palmer, who went 22 of 24 on PATs while kicking a field goal and totaling for 25 Total points. So congrats to Joshua and Torrin Scott for being the final or honorable mentions, I should say, for for a newcomer of the year. But let's go ahead and talk about the finalists here. One of the finalists being from my hometown here, and that is Aurora here, Aurora Central representing here with freshman standout Ladarius Willingham here. Totaled 38 tackles on the season, 
two tackles for loss, a sack, and an interception. So getting it done on every single level of the field. And when you try and look at notable games here for Ladarius, you have a 10-tackle performance in a win over Hinkley, an 8-tackle performance against Northfield just the week prior, a 6-tackle, 1-TFL performance against... I want to say that's fruit of monument here. And then his sacks came against George Washington as well as Thornton and his interception against Adam City. So that is Ladarius William out of Aurora Central. On to the next. We got a familiar last name here in the house, and that is another Gaddis. This one going by Ty Gaddis here. Lestat kicker slash linebacker. 22 tackles, a pass breakup, over 2,700 kick return yards. And or kickoff yards, I should say, five touchbacks, 25 PATs made, and two of two on field goals. When looking at scoring here, you got to look at you know the special teams performance here. I mean, lots of kickoff yards, obviously. I would say, from a kickoff perspective, the three touchback performance against Monarch was probably the best in that regard. And then looking at points here, six points against Monarch here, kicking a few PATs and field goals here. Actually going six of six with PATs in that game. Against Skyline went four of six for four points here and notched field goals against Windsor and Loveland specifically. So that is Ty Gaddis out of Longmont. Now we got one of the you know, kind of influencer next generation players here, I would say, who really gets that social media brand going. And that's Elijah Landrum Hamilton here in this freshman season of his putting up great stat lines, especially in his high school debut with seven receptions for 155 yards and two scores. He would also eclipse the 100-yard mark against Longmont and get a score there against Cheyenne Mountain, where he would catch 129 yards and a touchdown. And he would also record touchdowns against Gateway Far Northeast and Thomas Jefferson as well. So just a very complete season from Elijah here, totaling 742 yards, seven touchdowns, along with a punt return touchdown as well. So that is Elijah Landrum Hamilton out of Denver South. And the... Last one we got reading here is Ethan Mangrum out of Falcon here. 27 passing yards, a passing touchdown, 300 rushing yards, as well as five rushing touchdowns and over 170 kickoff return yards, uh, as well as having 69 receiving yards. Nice. So, you know, this guy, he, whatever you asked him to do, he was able to do it against Coronado is where he had that passing touchdown. He also had rushing touchdowns against Vista Ridge, Coronado, which was a win, Montrose, Pueblo West, and Air Academy. So I would say a pretty solid season from Ethan here. Now let's go ahead and read through all of the votes here and see who is going to be crowned our newcomer of the year. And I'm actually going to start with you, the fans, to see where your votes were placed and how that ended up shaking out. So looking at our 4A newcomer of the year poll, you guys showed out pretty well. A decent amount of you voted, and at 5% was Ladarius Willingham, and then 18% was Ethan Mangrum. At 33% was Elijah, but at 44%, and the winner of the fan vote was none other than Ty Gaddis out of Longmont High School. So, Ty, congrats on winning the fans over with 44% of the vote and getting one nomination here.
I hate to play spoiler, but unfortunately, I think that's where the diversity stops because this was kind of a lopsided one. And I'll go ahead and let Spencer from Box State Sports be the one that spoils where this trend is going with his vote for Elijah Landrum Hamilton, where he says, quote, every team needs an Elijah Landrum Hamilton. Watching this kid play, you would think he's a senior four-year starter. This dude can run a great route tree and has the ability to take the top off of defenses. Not to mention the slippery, it, slipperiness and shiftiness is off the wall. By the time he's a senior, he should have top D1 programs breaking down his door, end quote. So that is one vote for Ball is Life here. And Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone and We in That Mode Productions here also going in on the Elijah voting here by saying, quote, Landrum Hamilton has been on this path since he was a seventh grader. That's when I first noticed him, at least, and he has continued to improve. He's on pace to be one of the best wide receiver prospects in the state, end quote. Now, hopping over to the PMC side, we got Gino saying, quote, this dude is going to be a problem for years to come. Over 700 receiving yards and seven TDs as a freshman. 4A is everything you need to know. It's only up from here, and that is scary, end quote, from Gino there. So that is three votes for Elijah. Gideon says, quote, honestly, no contest. All respect to the other finalists, but Elijah was the best receiver on a playoff team. He was among the state's best at receiver. There isn't too much of a conversation to be had. Landrum Hamilton will be among the best heading forward, end quote. I said, how many freshmen look like the security blanket of their team? Well, that was the case for this young wide receiver who has showed incredible poise and patience all season at the receiver position, taking what the defense gives him and being, an incredibly, and being incredibly brilliant beyond his age. Combine that with great speed and hands, and that's a threat for years to come. And Simon closes this out with a sixth vote for Elijah here, putting, quote, gotta agree with Wes here, been known about him since he was a seventh grader and have been excited to see him play ball on the varsity level ever since. He will be another great wide receiver prospect from the 4A level, and there was no surprise seeing him turn up the way he did this season. The future is only up from here. So congratulations to our other contestants, you know, our other finalists being Ethan, Ty, and Ladarius, Ty winning the fan vote, but the 2023 Playmakers Corner Newcomer of the Year for the 4A level is Elijah Landrum Hamilton out of Denver South. Now we're going to take a quick break and get right back with our next award being Defensive Playmaker. Allow me to introduce you to Move the Sticks Virtual Film Academy and Recruiting Services with Coach Wheat. Coach Wheat works through personable, one-on-one -on -one film sessions utilizing his experience as a high school college, and professional football player to assess your level of play and help you develop into the next level player you are meant to be. With over 20 plus players on the next level, Coach Wheat's film sessions, college prospect assessments, recruiting consultations, and bundles will help prepare your prospect in a way that is both more personable and affordable than the competitors. Make it even more affordable using the promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. That is 15% off with promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. Visit the website or follow at MoveTheSticksVFA on Instagram or reach out to Coach Wee at 561-961-8805 today. That's 561-961-8805. And we are back with the 4A Defensive Playmaker of the Year conversation here. 
Shout out to our honorable mentions here. We're going to run through real quick like Caden Stansberry, senior out of Loveland who had 109 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, two sacks, nine hurries, a forced fumble, a pass deflection, and three fumble recoveries in the regular season. Carson Hageman for Erie, 133 tackles, 11 for loss, five sacks, 15 hurries, and a forced fumble. Luke Keller out of Thomas Jefferson or Coiler. Apologies if I mispronounced that, but the junior out of Thomas Jefferson does not need his name pronounced to be a nightmare on defense. Four picks, 22 pass deflections, a forced fumble, and 37 tackles. And then Ezra Pacheco out of Bear Creek, who ended the year with a cool amount of tackles here. Nine of those being for loss, eight and a half sacks, 17 hurries, a forced fumble, and five pass deflections. Now that the honorable mentions have got their shout out here. Let's go ahead and talk about the finalists here. That include Mikey Munn out of Windsor here. Man, was he a wizard on the defensive side of the football or what? Notching 10 interceptions for 139 interception return yards. Two of those going back to uh, the house. Three pass deflections, a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, and 52 tackles. Some of his notable tackle totals come against the likes of Meade in the regular season at nine, Fossil Ridge and Longmont at seven apiece. But we're talking about picks here, two of those against Meade and a pass deflection, a pick against Fossil Ridge, two picks against Erie, one pick against Dreely Central here, and a pick against Skyline, and a pick against Loveland in the regular season as well. I want to say Grand Junction Central was also two interceptions in the regular season. So just put in a freaking amount of work here for the Wizards and was definitely the walking highlight on the Wizards' defense. Now, transitioning over, we got Holden right out of Palmer Ridge, the senior linebacker here. 67 regular season tackles, but 16 of those being for loss, which is absurd because that means basically a quarter of the time he was making plays in the backfield. Two and a half sacks, seven hurries, two picks, a pass deflection, and a forced fumble. Obviously, I think that him playing on that safety level and then moving inside the box really went a long way. 16 total tackles in that very narrow win over Montrose, but he would start to get in the backfield against the likes of Mesa Ridge with two, Smoky Hill with four, Rampart two, Pueblo West two, Air Academy two, Cheyenne Mountain two. So pretty fire amount of times to get in the backfield. Pueblo West specifically also getting two sacks and two hurries in that game. And then he recorded an interception against Ponderosa. I got to see that live and he impressed me in the eye test category. And then also one against Cheyenne Mountain on October 20th. So that is Holton Wright of Palmer Ridge there. Now, we got another linebacker in our midst on the 4A level. This one being from Parker, Colorado. You know him as Blake Bronham here. He is somebody who's been putting up numbers for quite some time, and this year was no different. 113 tackles, 16 of those for loss, a sack, two pass breakups, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and an interception, getting it done in a variety of ways here. And what games was he getting it done? Well, against Golden, he recorded 20 tackles, four of those going for loss, another 18 tackle performance against Legend, another 11 tackle performance against Palmer Ridge, another 10 tackle performance against Denver South, three of those being in the backfield. And that pick actually came in a win over 5A Fort Collins. So quite the year for this Mustang out of Ponderosa. 
And our final finalist here that I'm going to be reading about is Peter Richardson out of Rampart High School playing on the defensive and offensive side, but really being quite offensive from the defensive side, getting to the quarterback eight times while adding on another 10 hurries, breaking up two passes, and recording 16 tackles for loss out of his 42 total tackles. Notable TFL games included against Vista Ridge, where he recorded six, six tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, just being an absolute game wrecker in a game that would end up being a win. He had another three TFL performance in a win over 5A Doherty, and that was for three, and he had two sacks in a loss to Dakota Ridge. Those are some of his most notable games from this Rampart Ram in his total season. So let's go ahead and jump over to the votes here to see what everyone thought here. And you know what? We're going to start with you, the audience, again, who, for 4A defensive playmaker, this one was pretty tight. I mean, Peter Richardson, uh, you know, even broke double digit at 11%, Holden Wright at 20%, and then it was really close, only a 3% gap out of 471 votes. So every vote matters here. And Blake Bronham ends up taking the cake here at 36%. Now let's go ahead and move on here and talk about what Coach V has saying, honestly, it's hard for me to vote for DBs as depoys unless they just have a truly outstanding season. That is what Mikey has done for Windsor this season and more. Holden Wright is a really close second, but he will get his state appearance, parenthesis, and hopefully ring, and parenthesis. Mikey Munn has done wonders leading this Windsor defense during the regular season, and that cannot be denied. So that is a vote for the defensive back, Mikey Munn. Now, speaking of that second place vote for Holden Wright, we're going to jump over to Spencer here, who says, quote, this was between Wright and Munn for me, and like another vote said, it came down to my personal bias. Munn was an absolute stud and was everything that you could want from someone on the back end a hard-hitting ball hawk who has amazing closing speed. But I went with a linebacker slash edge. Holden showed a great knack of getting off blocks at the right time and does a great job of closing in on rushers and has a real nose for the ball. He looked like his talent was noticeably above everyone else on the field on a consistent basis, thus making him my defensive playmaker of the year, end quote. So that is now a vote for Blake, a vote for Holden, and a vote for Mikey. And the vote that... Spencer was referencing about personal bias is going to be from coach Wes here where he says quote this one is tough it came down to Mikey Mudd and Holden Wright for me if I were a recruiter for any RMAC school both of these kids would have offers for me ultimately this decision came down to a deciding factor spearheaded by bias as a safety I picked the ball hawking safety who can cover the field and play as a downhill hitter the most underrated position on a defense happens to be the opposite side of the most overhyped position in the sport, a hill I'm gladly willing to die on, Coach West says, and Munn has earned the right to claim my depoy or claim depoy in my book, end quote. So, you know, Coach West here speaking up for the safeties that he thinks is the most underrated position here and thinks that Munn would be the guy. So West, the defensive back going with Mikey Munn, and Spencer, the front seven guy going with Holden. Now, in other biases here, I too have a lot of respect for defensive back positions, and I'm actually going to continue to push this Mikey Munn narrative. You know, I think that he has national attention for a reason, and 
I would not question it watching him. He's a great athlete whose ball hawking ability not only costs the team a drive, but potentially points with his offensive ability to see the field and search for the end zone. Combine that with the hammer to drop, and the Wizards had a real special dude flying around out there. Get him a broomstick for the way that he was able to cover sideline to sideline here. I just love the way that he played, and that is going to be a third vote for Mikey. And, you know, the G's of PMC are going to stay consistent with Gideon saying, quote, Munn came out as one of the best players in the state this season. I'm just glad I made the call to add him to the watch list. Laughing emoji. Munn started turning all of those pass deflections into picks, and he's the most feared DB in the state. Any QB who looks his way looks goofy. He's one of the few players in Colorado who are feared nationally. Of the candidates, he had the largest impact on the best team. Munn has this one for me, end quote. And Gino here just putting the cherry on top saying, quote, Munn is one of the best defensive prospects in the state, period. He is around the top of the nation in interceptions, and there is simply no way Windsor is a playoff threat without him. As Coach West and Spencer said, Munn is a ball hawk and a hard hitter that any defense would be lucky to have. Jimmer Ware would be a, my second place vote if he wasn't already picked for MVP candidacy, end quote. So that is going to be a wrap. Five votes for Mikey Munn, and then also a vote for Holden Wright and Blake Bronham. Shout out to our honorable mentions and our finalists, but special shout out to Mikey Munn, our defensive playmaker of the year and thank you for listening we're going to just have a quick break from our sponsor and be right back with offensive playmaker of the year obviously you want a trainer who can make you stronger and faster with the work you put in but what about a trainer who can help you rehab and recover like the pros look no further than junkyard training that not only offers specific strength and speed training but also offers a plethora of recovery and rehab techniques like cryo cupping, recovery boots, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594. Once again, visit junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594 and get started today. And we are so back with one of the tighter race, the tightest race on this episode so far. And that is for Offensive Playmaker of the Year, where we had some awesome candidates. But outside of those awesome candidates, we had some awesome honorable mentions and plenty to choose from, such as the very stellar stepping up by Riley Montemayor, the junior quarterback out of Monarch, who stepped up in the presence of injury to throw for 1,696 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, and then added on another seven rushing touchdowns and 400 rushing yards for over 2K in a season. Chance Wood, a senior out of Centaurus, also went brazy, 1,900 passing yards, 24 touchdowns to just three picks, 318 rushing yards, and five rushing touchdowns as well. Blake Palladino here could not talk about offensive impact without this guy out of Dakota Ridge, the quarterback, 1,514 passing yards, 15 touchdowns to just five picks, 774 rushing yards, and 11 rushing touchdowns. We are super excited to see what he will be used for at Northern Colorado. And then another quarterback from that Jeffco 4A region is Adrian Rico, 1,900 pass yards, 22 TDs, and then another 118 rushing yards and rushing one rushing touchdown. So all of that being mentioned, let's go ahead and talk about the candidates for this race here with Russell Patton or Peyton 
out of Far Northeast High School here. The 5'11", 215-pound back went for 1,547 rush yards, 14 rushing touchdowns while adding on another 47 rush yards and three conversions. Now, his biggest games came against Westminster in a very close loss. He ran for 251 yards and two scores. Against Vista Ridge, he ran for another 182 and two scores. Gateway, 226 yards, three scores in a win. And he would continue to rush for over 100 yards the next three weeks against Longmont, Pueblo West, all culminating in a 353-yard performance against George Washington High School, where he also ran for four tutties. Just an absolutely monster season here for Russell Patton with very high highs here out of far northeast. Our next candidate here is senior quarterback slash offensive weapon Amari Wilson at a fruit of Monument High School going for six passing touchdowns. But on the flip side, 865 rushing yards and 22 rushing touchdowns, 28 total touchdowns on the season and over 1,300 total yards of offense for the Wildcat here. Some of his biggest games, I mean, he threw for two touchdowns against Aurora Central. But, I mean, his rushing was where he dominated Grand Junction Central, going for 120 yards and three scores, averaging 17 yards per carry, rushing for another three scores in a win over Skyline, rushing for two against 5A Grandview, rushing for three against Bear Creek, five in a three-point win over Heritage, where he ran for 159 yards in that game, and then another three rushing touchdowns against Grand Junction High School, just a week later. So this guy was able to really turn it up a notch. I mean, on the season, 6.6 yards per carry and just an absurd season to, you know, keep Fruit of Monument relevant this season and keep them in the win column and put them back into position to play in the postseason. What more could you possibly want from your primary playmaker? Well, maybe you would ask that and they would respond with, well, we want what Derek Hester's got going on at Palmer Ridge, this quarterback is playing in state tomorrow as of this episode here. And during the regular season, he was a menace. Passing for 1,249 passing yards, 17 touchdowns to just five picks, and then rushing for another 692 rushing yards and 11 scores with a conversion to boot. Some of his best passing performances were against the likes of Mesa Ridge, where he threw for over 200 yards and two scores. Lewis Palmer in the battle for Palmer here. 123 yards and three touchdowns to just one pick and basically throwing two touchdowns in basically every other game with Pueblo West being one where he threw for another three. Now rushing in the comeback against Montrose to start the season, he ran for three touchdowns and a one-point win that would be uber important for seeding later in the season. So that means something that Lewis Palmer gained. Those three passing touchdowns were just three of five total that he had as he ran for another 180 yards and two scores. And then Pueblo West, another two rushing scores in that game. So somebody who's been able to dominate both through the air and the ground here just to do it all back. And definitely a huge reason why Palmer Ridge is in the position they are in to compete for that crown. And the last one here, we got another quarterback in Gavin Lockett. You want to talk about guys who know how to get to the end zone. He is your guy here. 1,209 pass yards, 10 passing touchdowns. But his 924 rushing yards and 19 rushing touchdowns is what really takes this over 2,100 total yards of offense here and 29 total touchdowns. Talking about some special games that he had against Grand Junction. He had a cool two touchdowns to no picks. Same with Fountain Fort Carson in a narrow loss against a very good 
5A squad, and then on the ground where he was just dominating teams. Three touchdowns against Grand Junction High School, two touchdowns in a close win over Dakota Ridge, three rushing touchdowns against Pueblo County in a battle for Pueblo Classic, and then a whopping four rushing touchdowns against Mesa Ridge in a very narrow loss, 145 yards. That was a season high in the regular season. And then against Falcon, another three rushing touchdowns. This guy is a multiple offensive playmaker of the week winner for the 4A level or just playmaker of the week winner. So with all that in mind, let's see what you, the fans, thought on Twitter here for 4A Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Russell Patton getting around 20% and Amari Wilson getting around 20% as well, as well as Gavin Lockett, but the only one to eclipse 30% was none other than Palmer Ridge's quarterback, Derek Hester, sitting at 35% here as he is the winner of the 4A fan vote and has one vote to his name. And might I add, he's getting a second one here because Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone and We In That Mode Productions said, quote, this was a very tough decision, but it came down to Amari Wilson and Derek Hester for me. I ultimately chose Hester because his contributions resulted in his team having the best season out of all the other candidates, but Wilson was a very close second because of what his presence meant for his team. So Coach West here putting Derek Hester up two votes to nil, and let's see what Spencer from Box State Sports says, saying, quote, the stats don't lie when it comes to lock it and it's clear why he should be the offensive playmaker of the year having almost 40 total touchdowns through the air and on the ground followed up by 1400 yards through the air and 1200 on the ground he looks like he goes home every night and watches Johnny Menzel and Lamar Jackson highlights until he passes out this dual threat quarterback did it all this year and is one of the most dangerous weapons in Colorado end quote so Gavin Lockett closing the gap here closing it two votes to one and that gap will be further closed here with a vote from Coach V saying, quote, Gavin has carried that Pueblo West offense throughout the regular season, although I wish they passed it more, parenthesis, considering they have the weapons to do it, and parenthesis, it was the running game that really separated him from the other candidates here. He has been electric running the ball, and his athleticism was on full display this season. End quote. I could not agree any more with Simon there. Great bit on Gavin Lockett, and as always, calling out Pueblo West to pass the ball more. And Gideon really likes that sentiment, saying, quote, the Pueblo West Cyclones, they're an interesting team, one that I didn't think would be in the playoffs heading into the season. Lockett proved me wrong, and I'm happy to admit it. He managed a 1,200-yard season and a run-first offense, along with another 1,000 yards on the ground. He also had 29 total TDs, which boggles the mind. This team goes as far as Lockett goes, and if it all goes right. This is a top five team next season with him at the helm. That aside, this is this year's award, and I have Lockett for this Opoi spot. So Lockett suddenly in the lead here with three votes to two against Derek Hester. But Gino here making it interesting, saying, quote, I have to give Gavin Lockett a ton of credit for getting Pueblo West to be a threat this year while being fa- by far the main contributor on the offense. I give Derek Hester the edge here, though, because he's extremely efficient and put up phenomenal numbers despite having three other backs to give the ball to. Derek Hester is the leading rusher and has over 20 passing touchdowns on the best team in state, so he gets my vote for Offensive Playmaker of the Year. So as it stands, we have three votes for Gavin, three votes for Derek, and Derek technically owning the tiebreaker with the fan vote here. Will that be enough to bring home 
the 4A PMC Offensive Playmaker of the Year Award? Ah, unfortunately not, because I'm here to play spoiler, and I am going to cast my final vote for Gavin Lockett here, crowning him the 4A Playmaker, Offensive Playmaker of the Year. You know, I think that the multiple Playmakers of the Week across multiple posts is what did it for me. This guy, and multiple different hosts, by the way, so different people covering 4A were still choosing Gavin Lockett for Playmaker of the Week. I think that, you know, this guy's been special since the first snap of the season and never took his foot off the gas, being the catalyst for an offense that could pour on the points in the blink of an eye. So that is Gavin Lockett being the 4A Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Now, a quick word from a sponsor, and we'll be right back with the Most Valuable Playmaker Award. So do you want to know what the best kept secret in running back training is? It's Mad Skills RB1 training. Coach Vaz is flipping the script and leveling up running back training in Colorado by implementing his proven, nationally recognized system of training. Don't be fooled by the name. Quarterbacks and receivers become fundamentally sound juke artists as well with his training. It's evident the athletes he trains love him. Each progressive training session arms the athlete with a new skill set that prepares them to be shifty, powerful, and elusive. Parents love Coach Vaz because with his training, they receive free college recruiting tips, no contracts, and no drama. Message him on Instagram at madskills underscore RB1 training or at Coach Cut Creator on Twitter X for more information. Off-season runs from January through July, so get in the cut and get some mad skills this off-season. And we are back with the biggest award on the show, at least in my opinion. That is the Most Valuable Playmaker Award here. And we don't get to the Most Valuable Playmaker, obviously. A lot of these guys were considered for Offensive Playmaker of the Year, Defensive Playmaker of the Year. The other candidates were considered for this most valuable playmaker spot, as well as these honorable mentions, and mostly guys that were doing it on both sides of the football here. Some of them being Liam Graham out of Stanley Lake, 1,167 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, 140 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown, and then defensively notching 33 tackles, three pass breakups, and a forced fumble. He also got Trey Olson out of Loveland, this beast that went for 1,200 rushing yards, 450 receiving yards, 22 combined touchdowns, along with 53 tackles, four for loss, five pass breakups, and then kicking the ball two of two on field goals and 38 of 40 on PATs. And then we also had Kurt Rosner here, the sole exception to being a two-way threat with over 1,400 passing yards, 18 touchdowns to just six interceptions, and 378 rushing yards with five rushing touchdowns. But let's go ahead and talk about the candidates here. The first candidate we're going to talk about here is a Spartan out of Thomas Jefferson High School, and that is Dimitri Haralambopoulos. Say that five times fast, and in the blink of an eye, he will have scored another touchdown while you're getting through that mouthful here, going for 1,133 passing yards, 11 passing touchdowns, and then notching another 1,284 rushing yards with 14 rushing touchdowns, and then defensively 42 tackles. Four of them for loss, a pick, four pass breakups, and 214 kickoff return yards. Just being a guy who could do anything that you ask of him on the football field and being a huge part to Thomas Jefferson's one-loss regular season and route to a reappearance in the 4A playoffs. Now, speaking of somebody who's been integral to their team's one-loss regular season success, 
that would be none other than Blake Barnett, the quarterback committed to K-State, but the one that is currently at Erie High School preparing for the state championship tomorrow, who threw the air, threw for 1,600 yards and 23 touchdowns, while going for another 695 rushing yards and 16 rushing touchdowns for nearly 40 total touchdowns this year. And then to really take it up to that next level defensively was just a menace. 42 tackles at the safety position with three tackles for loss and then three interceptions and two forced fumbles. Those interceptions coming against Montrose, Silver Creek, and Longmont, two of those teams being playoff teams, by the way, and then also recovering a fumble against Vanguard, that team in Florida, and then having his biggest tackle performance against Montrose with a whopping 16. And then offensively, some of the big games that he had, three passing touchdowns against Montrose, three passing touchdowns, no picks against Windsor as well, and three passing touchdowns and just one pick in the game against Monarch here. And then rushing, three rushing touchdowns against the likes of Broomfield, Windsor, and Loveland. Back to back to back because he is like that. Our next candidate here is a great running back linebacker combo here. That is Cole Gaddis of Longmont High School, the second Gaddis that we've talked about on this episode, actually, and one who offensively had starlight performances against the likes of Silver Creek, going for 261 yards and three scores, and then against Monarch in that, nope, that's a playoff game. I'm a liar, but against Far Northeast, he had a nice battle against Russell Patton there, going for 232 yards and three scores in that game. But that was only just a few of his 1,408 yards and 20 rushing touchdown season. And then defensively, he totaled 78 tackles, a sack, a pick, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, two pass breakups, and two tackles for loss out of his 78 here. Big tackle games against Denver South and Skyline with 11 and 13 respectively here. And then had a sack against Windsor and that pick against Far Northeast. Big game for him who also recovered a fumble in that W. And then the last guy here, you want to talk about skill position he lives it. He breathes it. That is Jimmer Ware here out of Palmer Ridge. Another Palmer Ridge Grizzly here who receiving wise just was an absolute torch this year. 100 yards and a touchdown against Montrose. 91 yards and a touchdown against Mesa Ridge. Three touchdowns against Lewis Palmer. Light work two against Smoky Hill. Just always getting a big bomb here with longs of 41, 43, 39, 50, and 36. So just a big play threat here. But defensively, somebody who would not allow any big plays here with a few tackles for loss sprinkled throughout the season and then three picks through the regular season and consistent pass breakups. Just somebody that you don't want to test on that side of the field. And on the season, totaled 48 tackles, a fumble recovery, three pass breakups, three interceptions, three tackles for loss, and then offensively 716 receiving yards and 14 receiving touchdowns just being somebody that made defenses respect the pass and also warranted the respect of a one coach V here saying, quote, going against the grain and letting my bias show here. But Jimmer has been a breakout player this season at both receiver and corner. I've seen him guard some of the best receivers in this state, not allowing anything and then turn around being a huge wideout threat on offense. He has been one of the main focal points for this Palmer Ridge team and has played at an extremely high level. Palmer Ridge is undefeated because of how good Jimmer has been this season. 
This is a rare moment I'll ever vote for a skill player non-running back for MVP, but I truly think he deserves it, end quote. So that's a vote for Jimmer here. Now going down the line, let's go ahead and see what Gideon has to say, saying, quote, Cole Gaddis was arguably the best two-way player in 4A this season. Top five in rushing, the best linebacker in the classifications, in the classification, parenthesis, yes, I said it, end parenthesis. Longmont has a lot to figure out without him next season, but I think that without Gaddis, Longmont is in a much worse spot this year. It just sucks that he got hurt before that last game. His stats are only for nine games, and he was still a top player on both sides of the ball, end quote. Now, Gino here kind of turning the tide in a different direction, saying, quote, Blake Barnett is that entire eerie offense and might be the best safety in the state on top of that. The way he is able to improvise and make plays while also carrying Erie to be a two-seed in the state is nothing short of amazing. There is no doubt that his confidence and style of play is intimidating to teams, so he gets my vote for MVP for being a true game-changer on both sides of the ball for a top-two team in the state, end quote. And now when we go to our other media guys here, the Barnett train is taking off with Coach West saying, quote, Barnett was my frontrunner for Gatorade Player of the Year, and I still feel that way completely. I have yet to see a game where he's not the most impactful player on the field for either team. The Kansas State commit would be a power five safety as well. No runner up for me on this one, end quote. So Barnett saying clear cut and above Blake Barnett here. Spencer from Box State says, quote, Blake Barnett, this dude is my clear cut MVP being the most dominant player in Colorado on the offensive side of the ball. Then to go do what he did at safety just further solidified my decision Kansas State is about to be set for years to come with Barnett, end quote. So Barnett here running it up with three votes to Jimmer and Cole's one apiece. Let's see if my vote's going to be any different. Nah, we're going to stick with Blake Barnett here, and he is going to become, along with the fan vote, our only two-time most valuable playmaker in PMC history. You know, look, Barnett, Love him, hate him. He's a villain, but part of what makes a good villain is that he wins. And with the ability to control the field and with the incredible milestone of surpassing Christian McCaffrey for most career touchdowns in Colorado football history, 11-man, that is something that just speaks volumes to the impact that he has and the influence that he has on this Tiger offense. And along with doing that, with taking a step forward defensively this season, that's ultimately what pushed him over the edge for me to be the winner. And along with 39% of the fan vote, Blake Barnett, with a total of five votes, is going to be your 4A Playmakers Corner Most Valuable Playmaker. So congratulations to Blake and all the other finalists and honorable mentions as well. But Blake Barnett, 4A MVP. And our last segment, but our newest award, is the Playmakers Corner coach of the year for 4A here. There are a few honorable mentions here like Jeremy Kalip out of Mesa Ridge going 7-3 and three with a number four offense and a number four point differential, differential and a five seed heading into the postseason. Chris Jones out of Windsor going 8-2 and two with a top 10 unit in both defense and offense. Defense at 7, offense 10 and being number nine in point differential in the state. Andy Hampton out of Centaurus went 8-2 and two with the number 6 offense and number 8 defense and number 5 point differential and their first playoff appearance since 2017. And then Coach Woj out of Dakota Ridge, 7-3, seven number 7 offense and the 7 seed, so earning that by 
Also, congratulations to Coach Woj on an awesome career. Caught wind that he is retiring. So thank you so much. He's been an awesome friend of the pod. And, you know, maybe if uh, we have some time, we'd love to pick his brain and, you know, talk about everything that he's done for Colorado football. So shout out to Coach Woj here. Uh, had we known he'd been retiring, we might have pulled at the heartstrings and uh, nudged him into this Final Four conversation that he was so close to getting in on. But let's talk about the finalists for Coach of the Year here, starting with arguably the biggest overachiever this season, and that is Matt McDougal out of Golden, 8-2, and two, number 6 defense, and the 9 seed in the postseason, as well as, you know, it's not considered but a playoff win as well. Look, Golden, doing their preview, I thought that they were kind of dead in the water. They had a huge uphill battle replacing the majority of their offense that came through basically one player last season. But uh, that was not too much for McDougal, who, you know, rode a steady balance of Luke Chevalier and, you know, a quick hitting passing game here with a well balance between the run and the pass and a solid front line on both the defense and offense to a great record upsetting Ponderosa early in the season and, you know, just being a consistent threat throughout the season. Speaking of Ponderosa here, we got Jaron Cohen here at 7-3 and three with a number 9 offense and number 10 point differential. But I think the true story of Jaron here and the persevering Ponderosa Mustangs is that this squad was a quarterback carousel. I mean, they had a ton of injuries this season. I feel like they deal with a ton of injuries every season, but... You know, they were fighting through injuries. They were fighting through depth. They were putting wide receivers at quarterback to try and make things happen while trying to acclimate other quarterbacks in the rotation. And they were still winning football games. They were still getting a ton of yards and scoring points, uh, kind of no matter who was back there, and played a pretty stiff schedule. to go. So to go 7-3 and three with that quarterback carousel is really what it meant for us to put Jaron here in the Coach of the Year discussion. Now, speaking of coaches that really popped off and surprised here, Mike Griebel of Thomas Jefferson is that guy. 9-1, number 2 defense, and number 4 point differential. Uh, shout out to that staff. Shout out to Coach Milburn. You know, I love you, Coach Drew, uh, who held down the defense here for the Spartans this year. But uh, Griebel here, you got to have somebody to put somebody in the right position here. And, uh, you know, Griebel, they had an awesome season. And I just remember Gino seeing this team for the first time. It was like, wow, this team is lit. So... You know, that was exciting to hear, and uh, it was fun to watch their run this season. And finally, the number one seed in 4A, Zach Carlton here, 10-0, number one offense, number one defense, obviously playing for a state title tomorrow, but I think that the big, you know, point of contention here is that Zach Carlton is the first year at the helm and there were a ton of questions for Palmer Ridge. Were they going to be able to stay consistent and play that same Palmer Ridge brand of football? Even asked about asked him about it at the press conference. So check that out at Playmakers Corner on TikTok. And, uh, you know, he gave a shout out to his staff, obviously, and the players for buying in. But it doesn't happen unless you are poised and ready for the job. And Zach Carlton absolutely was. So those are our four final t- finalists. Zach Carlton, Palmer Ridge, Mike Griebel, Thomas Jefferson, Jaron Cohen out of Ponderosa, and then Matt McDougal out of Golden. So let's go ahead and jump into the votes. 
And let's see what our media guys here said. Our other members of the media poll, Coach West, once again, of Prep Red Zone, and we in that mode, Productions here, is putting in a vote for Zach Carlton saying, quote, Coach Carlton has kept Palmer Ridge a top contender since he took over the team, and he's done so well while trans... He's done so while transitioning the team into a more blue-collar powerhouse that does everything right. From an outsider perspective, I really respect what he has going there, end quote. And Spencer of Box State Sports here says, quote, This team is so dominant and fine-tuned, it is the definition of a well-oiled machine. Even with how good the other coaches on this list did this year, there's still only one correct choice. Great job this year, coach, end quote. And that was a message for Zach Carlton of Palmer Ridge. So that's two votes for Carlton. But what do you, the fans, have to say? There's a little bit of pushback here, and we're getting a vote in for Mike Griebel. 39% of the votes. Congrats to Mike Griebel winning over the fans and 39% of the votes to have one vote here and closing that gap between himself and Carlton. Now, let's go ahead and check in on our G's here. Gino and Gideon. Gino saying, quote, Having seen Palmer Ridge play in person, the only teams that I have seen that play as disciplined as the Bears do are Lyman and Cherry Creek. Those are two perennial powerhouses, but I still feel like Palmer Ridge has that same kind of continuity and structure that Lyman and Creek possess. I know that's high praise, but go watch a Palmer Ridge game and tell me that's not a juggernaut. They simply don't make mistakes, so I got to give Coach Carlton his props, end quote. So Carlton here with his third vote pulling ahead of the other guy here. But Gideon's going to close that gap right back by saying, quote, TJ has been on the grind ever since the Spartans won the spring chip in 21. They've been rebuilding. This was the culmination of all that work. Griebel has captained the Spartans to one of the best defenses and one of the best records in the state. And Griebel took all of this talent and made it fit. I can't wait to see what TJ looks like next season and what Griebel does with it. On a side note, Coach Carlton from Palmer Ridge would be my second place vote if we did it like that. What he's done with that program to carry over the success with drastically different players was insane, but I just think that Griebel taking this team to the heights that they have reached was slightly more impressive. So, Griebel now only, but unfortunately the magic will not be sustained as I think that Coach Carlton was the coach of the year for me. I think that, you know, what was the biggest question mark heading into the season for me was quickly diminished watching Palmer Ridge play live and the same stability, discipline, and physicality remained even under its new head honcho in three years, and that's no short feat. So this program been under a lot of stress, you know, over the past few years, a lot of change, but Carlton keeping it cool, calm, collected, and stable was my deciding factor. And Simon says, quote, a first-year head coach with a ticket punch to state. This is a regular season award, but even then, coach was undefeated in his first year despite losing so much talent from last year. That does include four players who we ranked as top five seniors in KJ Smedley, Chris Rice, KJ Fackrell, and Josh Gerlock. To almost lose your entire secondary and make it to state the next year is insane. Lots of respect for continuing that Palmer Ridge tradition, end quote. And that is continuing some PMC respect of Palmer Ridge and what they have going there. And Zach Carlton is going to be your 4A coach of the year. So as a recap, we had Elijah Landrum Hamilton as our 4A newcomer of the year. Mikey Munn out of Windsor being our 4A defensive playmaker of the year. 
for Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Gavin Lockett narrowly won from Pueblo West. For Most Valuable Playmaker, Blake Barnett out of Erie won Most Valuable Playmaker. And for Coach of the Year, it's going to be Zach Carlton out of Palmer Ridge. Obviously, shout out to all the finalists, shout out to honorable mentions, and shout out to everyone who's just continuing to lift the state of football and the state of Colorado in the football world to new heights. We salute you all and thank all of the seniors for everything that you have done and all of those candidates. For more results on polling, we only have one poll left if you're listening to this episode when it comes out on Friday. If you're listening to it after Saturday at 9 a.m., the what would that be? The second, if you're listening to this, the second after 9 p.m., the polls are done for 5A, so get over there and vote while you still can and be on the lookout for our 5A end of the season awards that are coming out next Friday. And our final regular season or in our final recap period of the 2023 season coming out on Tuesday, December 5th. So thank you all so much for rocking with us and listening to our podcast, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And, you know, be sure to have those notifications turned on on those podcasts and follow us, subscribe to us. You could also find us on YouTube to listen. So just make sure that you know when we have a new episode come out. If you want to see a cool graphic in a lot of these athletes that we feature tagged that include graphics such as Playmaker of the Week stuff, Game of the Week Playmaker, as well as, you know, just the cover athlete for that episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram and X slash Twitter. We are on X slash Twitter as at Playmaker Corner. And on Instagram, we are at Playmakers Corner. And then to also share with us, uh, we post on Playmakers Corner on Facebook. We are a page on there. And then if you want to see highlights from this weekend state games or any other games that we attend for Game of the Week, be sure to find us on TikTok at Playmakers Corner for all of that content. But I have been your host, joined in spirit by Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone, as well as we in that mode. If you want to figure out how to get in touch with Coach Wes or check out any of his content, be sure to find him on Instagram. That is, you know, at Coach Wes underscore two three. So once again, Coach Wes underscore two three. Same thing for. Twitter slash X. So be sure to follow Coach West there. We are so grateful for his input here. And he's doing a great job of, you know, pushing for Colorado football. As is Spencer of at Box State Sports. He is obviously doing his thing there. And uh, we're very glad to have him with, you know, some of his opinions and takes and votes for our end-of-the-year playmakers. So go ahead and give both those guys votes doing what they can, just like us, to continue to push Colorado football forward. But like I said, I've been your host, Cody Stoffer, and deuces.